Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hub World Podcast. Back for our 31st official episode, and to celebrate 30 successful episodes plus tons of E3 and bonus episodes as well, so we have a higher count than 30, but 30 successful episodes, we have now expanded our horizons in addition to our typical platforms of YouTube and Spotify. We are now also available on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. So uh, check us out. We we have expanded. So um, follow us there. And I think it's what is what do people say? Give us a review and a five-star rating. We'll, we'll, we'll beg for five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts now. Yep, that's what it is. <laughs> now, a whole new range of Geno fans can hear us talk crap about them. And then not follow us. Yes. Um, so we are going to talk about the... As of recording this, we, we have just watched earlier today the Sony PlayStation fall presentation. We have some thoughts. We want to break that down. We'll talk about kind of what we're going to do, but first let's introduce ourselves again. My name is Jules. I'm Mateo. I'm Gino. And Riley. And uh, yeah, so earlier today, Sony had their, essentially their E3 equivalent, their fall game showcase, um, where they announced a bunch of games, um, showed off some games we already know, talked about some stuff that's happening this year, next year, um, and beyond. Um and we had some thoughts. So inst- originally we were thinking about doing like a breakdown like we've done with the E3 content and Nintendo Directs in the past. But after watching it, um, we figured there's only a few things we really wanted to talk about that badly. Not that it wasn't a strong showcase, but um, we didn't think we needed the video to break down here. So we th- we're just going to kind of talk about the major things. So we're going to kind of go in order of what happened. So the PlayStation Showcase started with a very major game mm-hmm. announcement, one that had been rumored, one that actually, if you go back all the way to our episode two, Mateo actually mentioned that this project was rumored, but the developer Aspire finally announced their Knights of the Old Republic remake that has been rumored for a while now. And what is even more surprising is that it is a Sony PS5 console timed exclusive. It's very interesting, but thoughts, impressions, hopes. What do you guys think of Knights of the Old Republic remake? Well, was it Knights of the Old Republic a Xbox exclusive? Well, it was also on PC, but yeah, but yes. like but yeah. console, console exclusive. Yes, yes. yeah. So, so very, uh, very strange that uh, it's now uh, crossed the enemy lines onto PlayStation, but at least for a limited amount of time. I feel like Riley is the one that can really speak for this because he's the biggest KOTOR fan out of all of us. Yeah, I'd say that's a that's a fair assertion there. Um, but given that they didn't really show anything, like I'm excited for it, but I, I can't really say anything other than I hope they don't change too much other than it being like any, other than graphical changes. Fair. What? So like we were talking a bit about this earlier, but maybe we should like elaborate more here. But like, even if they upgraded the graphics to like modern graphics, there's no way that the gameplay can stay the exact same. It would look so choppy. What do you think should happen? Should it stay the same type of game, like a slow paced kind of like tactical, almost RPG? Like, or do you think it should become more actiony? Like, wh- like what do you think should happen? I'm really torn about that. Like, on the one hand, I understand that the way it was isn't accessible to people, and I want as many people to experience as possible, so I don't want the gameplay to be a turnoff, given that, you know, The Old Republic is my favorite Star Wars era. It's arguably my favorite bit of Star Wars. My biggest concern, as I've told you guys, is that I'm worried that, given that it's new Star Wars, that they'll try and retcon a bunch of stuff. Even though they say it'll be a faithful remake, my worry is still there. Well, here's something that, I'm going to propose to you. I'm wor- I was worried about that too, but in the developer kind of commentary that followed the presentation, they did say that they really want to create a faithful, like authentic story. And when I was like thinking about it, ultimately, like let's say that this game is their way of bringing it into the canon. Technically without Knights of the Old Republic 2, and even with Knights of the Old Republic 2, to a certain degree, there's not a ton of canon things that happen like a lot of the things that happen just within the game at least when the first like when the original kotor dropped there wasn't really a canon 
sequence of events because every player had agency. So part of me is thinking like they don't need to change anything because what Lucasfilm can do later on down the road, if they were to ever like base material that needed this story to like really have a certain canon framework is they can just make those decisions later. Like they don't need to do it now. What's the point of saying like, we need to change this if there's no real canon that comes out of this because it's a choose your own kind of pathway kind of game. Like there really isn't a canon that follows the story as of now, you know? Yeah. I mean, there are certain things that no matter what you choose still happen though. Yeah. But I, I can't see them altering that. And my, my other worry is, I don't know, maybe this is just me being cynical, but I feel like a lot of the evil choice you can make in that, like in the game then, they wouldn't let you do now. But if they're doing like a Faithful remake, they would have to. I mean, but Faithful doesn't necessarily need to be one for one, word for word. Yeah, I'm just worried they won't let you be as evil as you could be in the original. I think yeah. they'll let you be as evil, but I think certain things might not translate well and they might have to change the impression or the wording. Are you talking about the terrorist racist guy? Yeah, like there's that like <laughs> super xenophobic like crazy zealot in the first city that's like super anti-alien and he's trying to get you to like essentially <laughs> like be a human supremacist. I mean, the game doesn't let you actually do anything other than just say, yeah, this you guys should listen to this guy. He has, he's True. on something. But like maybe, like I think that's the extent of it though. That's what I'm saying is like I don't think there's anything about the evil side that's necessarily more absurd than what's already in games other than maybe something like that where like maybe they'd be like mm, maybe we don't let you say this but that's so minor that one even that one i'm okay with them changing but i'm thinking like stuff in kotor 2 where you can convince a guy to like straight up eat himself off a cliff well kotor 2 isn't getting remade as of now so true but i don't think we need to worry about that but it's that sort of thing that i feel they probably wouldn't let you do nowadays you never know though like things like skyrim and fallout have yeah but those are also they're not star wars branded they don't have disney basically trying to protect their brand and very true friendly very true i don't i honestly don't think disney's going to get too too in the way with this one here because they know that kotor is a very loved and respected ip right and they're trying to like latch and a lot of their more like recent moves especially to like the the old republic stuff right they're going to try to cash in on this old republic goodwill like the new the new comics and everything coming out with this era the new set of movies might be set in Wait, I, this I thought they're doing era. the high republic not the old republic yeah they're doing the high republic but they the are like thing, there is know? a but there is a lot of merch that's coming out and there are rumors of an old republic set project coming okay so there is that possibility and i agree with you gino i think they're going to be respectful to a degree but i i also agree with riley like something like that that's a small piece of the puzzle, like something that's so small that like the average person wouldn't notice it disappear. I could see Disney being like, mm, should you be allowed to convince somebody to murder themselves? Nah, like remove something like that, or at least make it more like vague or like maybe the person, like you drive them crazy and they run off and maybe there's implications where you can read into it. But I can see, I agree with you rather. I can see them taking out maybe those things but, I mean, my definition is maybe different than you. I don't think small things like that necessarily alter the integrity of the game completely. I mean, I don't think they alter the integrity. Some of those evil choices are state, like, I, as a very ardent dark side player for those games, some of those choices are staples that I do every time, so they would be egregious omissions to me. Like, I definitely know Sure. That. But to be yeah. fair, like, they will be replaced by something evil. Like I said, like maybe it won't be guy yeets himself off the cliff, but maybe what happens is he, he's like he runs off. He's like I don't want to live anymore, and then he runs off, and the screen goes black, like something like that. Where like there's an Im- implication, but like you can also imply the other way, like maybe less. Yeah, because I don't really. Do all, and it also depends on what the ratings and stuff. They're what kind of rating they're going for for this game. Is this going to be a T-rated game like the previous one, or is this going to be M-rated? Yeah, and that's the other thing, too, is, like, this was something that actually happened with Final Fantasy VII Remake. This was a big thing, because people were very upset. So, a little bit of spoilers for Final Fantasy VII people here, but it's not that big. It happens early in the game. But in the original Final Fantasy VII, when you're in Shinra and you're escaping, Sephiroth has infiltrated Shinra, and there's, like, a trail of blood leading up to, like, the president's 
room where he murdered him. And that was a very eerie moment of the game. But in the remake, they didn't do that. And so a lot of people were saying, well, they were able to do it in 19, what was it, 1997, 98, and it was still rated T. So why can't they do that now? But I think what a lot of people don't understand is portraying those things in realistic ways is so different because now, especially something like Final Fantasy VII, is so like, well, like the graphics are so realistic and the tone is so realistic that having a moment like that would have a very different effect and it would actually be more graphic. And that's the thing. Yeah. It's like maybe watching old ass like KOTOR graphics from what was it, 2002? Something like that. Like maybe watching a guy jump off a cliff was a little bit silly because it was like, this is a pixeled guy. He doesn't even look like really that human. Like it's not that graphic. But when this is up res now to like, realistic looking humans it'll probably feel more graphic for a guy to be like i'm gonna jump off this cliff Mm -hmm. so it might actually change the rating and that could be a reason why they would remove it and anyway like like graphics and scenarios aside i think the one thing that i am looking forward to personally with this remake is just new menus and new gameplay just because i tried playing kotor like three or four different times and i bought it at least two like like we have like we have a copy of it on xbox that we got at like a garage sale or something on the original xbox i tried playing it couldn't couldn't get past the tutorial area because it was just like i was not having any fun with the menus and with like all the button inputs and things like that it was clunky back when i tried playing it in 2010 yeah. you are right and like it it is very it's... outdated yeah, and like I can see where BioWare made all those improvements that they did to even get to like Mass Effect One was like the next big title that they did after Kotor, and even Mass Effect One when that going back and playing on the trilogy and everything, it's still a little clunky. Yeah, and more modernized. I feel like, and I don't get me wrong, I respect the fan base of this game, but a lot of a lot of the praise that this game gets also does come from like all of those nostalgia moments from like yeah connecting with the story because those games were what a lot of people feel about this game i feel is the same way me and mateo relate to mario 64 and mario kart 64 it's just there there is a lot of nostalgia towards this game and i respect that and like if i played the game at the time i'd have a lot better memories and like i've heard the story and i've seen some synopses and things and i think wow that's amazing it's just the gameplay does not let me have that fun because i've played newer games and that's the thing is like and i don't think that's necessarily the fault of Kotor, I think that's the fault of this genre back then because it was very clunky. It yeah. was very a lot of menus. There was a lot of constantly changing gear. And the thing is, you're right. Like nostalgia plays a big role in why people love it. But what really plays that big role in why people love games, especially like Kotor, especially just Bioware games in general, is the dialogue and is those dialogue choices. So to me personally, if they altered the combat. To me, I don't think that fundamentally changes the game because I, th- I view KOTOR as the primary, the core experience is those dialogue trees and the choices. So like for me, like what I would want, this is my ideal scenario, having played it last year, and obviously I don't have the attachment that Riley has to it because I didn't grow up with it. In my ideal scenario is they keep the gear kind of system that's that's in like an rpg like building stats and obviously keep the dialogue trees and all that aspect the same but maybe make the combat real time rather than like auto attacks and stuff so your gear and your stats and stuff are still affecting your damage output and are still affecting like the powers you have access to but rather than being something like xenoblade where you're like picking from a menu you actually just have like buttons that do things and it's more real-timey. And then maybe they can even go the Final Fantasy VII Remake route and have two versions, like make it more action-y, but then also have like a classic mode that allows you that when you're choosing your attacks that it like freezes time, just like in original KOTOR. Like they that can, way more they can work can it enjoy out. It. We've only ever just, we, we just saw the teaser for it. We haven't seen any gameplay. We haven't seen any like actual in-engine or graphical anything for this. It's just a teaser. 
just confirming that yes this game exists and now you can know that it exists without it being a very credible leak the the nice thing to add just kind of at the end the last thing that they talked about kind of in the um developer interview at the end of the presentation was that they are actually sorry this wasn't in the developer interview this was in the blog post afterward they talked about how yes that was jennifer hale's voice that you heard speaking as bastila and she is not the only voice actor who will be returning from the original game so that's nice to also know that not only are they honoring the story not only are they wanting to keep this authentic they're even trying to get as many of the core voice actors to come back and i think that was a big part of the storytelling was the voice actors so making sure that they get the right people is probably super important as well although i wouldn't be mad if they recasted some hey all i know is i can't remember the wookie's name but he better be as busted as he better be as busted as he was in the last game I uh, I really hope not, because it was annoying <laughs> that you just brought Dalbar for everything, even though he doesn't have any good dialogue. Anyway, I guess now if somebody like re- would recommend me Kotor, I could just be like, eh, I can just wait for the new one, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, it's exciting. It's exciting that it's coming, and it's very surprising that it's on, on I PS5. I just want to see more of it before I get, render an actual judgment. Yeah. I'm excited for it. But I'm not going to get my hopes up too high because when I do that, I get disappointed. Stay cautiously yeah. optimistic. Okay, can we move on from Kotor? Yeah, I think, think we're good. Yeah, I think we're okay. good. So the next, th- we'll talk very, very briefly because we want to move into the major things. But the couple like notable games that were shown after Kotor before like the major drops were Forspoken, which is that upcoming Square game. Um, they showed it last year, and now they've shown more of it. You guys know I'm I am a blind loyalist to Square. I think it looks good. I think it looks very different than things they've done before and I'm interested to see what they do with it. I don't know if you guys have any impressions about it. I think the the game looks beautiful. The open world air like segments of the game are great. I just don't like the fact that it's a and I know like it's the main it's probably like gimmick of the story where it's like someone from what would be like considered real life gets pulled into like this mythical open world like video game environment. I just don't like that. It's just it's super jarring. I want the world to be separated. Well, supposedly it is Earth. Like it's supposed to be like I'm sure there's story reasons, but yeah. Definitely I know what you mean. That's that's a yeah. little bit strange. That's my only thing. Like eh. Honestly, I only kinda watched like the first fifteen, twenty minutes. Actually, no, not even that. I, I watched the first 15 minutes and I kind of just like skimmed at the bottom of YouTube, like the little bar thing at the bottom of my phone just for stuff that I thought was interesting and then watched that. I did. I, I largely I largely missed most of this. You should check it out. It, I think it looks cool. I'm interested in it. It's different than things Square have done before. It's also their new team. Like I don't think this team has worked on anything before. Like I'm pretty sure they acquired this team or I might be wrong. I don't. I might have to look into that, but I do know that I think this is their this team's first game, whether it be new devs or an acquired dev or a new team that's just been formed. Should be interesting. Yeah, yeah it looks cool. And um, the other games that were kind of shown that we could briefly touch upon are Project Eve, um, which was that like really anime, like dystopian game with the girl with the ponytail that kind of looked like Parasite Eve, but isn't Parasite Eve. Main character has a name Eve. That's fighting parasites. I've never played Parasite Eve. I don't know if the main character's name's Eve, but I just think that's like, and I'm sure it was definitely intentional. Yeah, it definitely looks cool too. I'm like, I'm definitely interested in it. I probably won't buy it. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those ones, like Returnal. Like I'll, I'll keep an eye on it, see if it's any good, but I'll probably never play it. Or just wait the route like ninety percent of Sony games, then they go like heavily discounted later on. <laughs> yeah but even then i don't think i'd play it i just don't know i'm like interested enough to like want to know about it but i don't know if i'd ever play it and then there was a tiny tina's wonderland is that, is that exclusive it's not exclusive but i think this is the first time they've shown gameplay of it am i wrong i think it was at jeff Keeley's event during e3 i was watching one like a youtuber cover this and he was saying that like there was a dlc expansion to borderlands that had a similar kind of premise and now it's this has become its own game yes so like i've only played a bit of borderlands with you guys and i love the aesthetic i've never really liked the the world 
But this one, when I was watching it, I didn't know. I knew it was made by Borderlands team. Clearly, I didn't realize it was Tiny Tina's. I'd I'd heard of Tiny Tina's before this, but I actually was very interested by it. Like, I'm actually very intrigued. It looks it looks like the right balance between fantasy and like I don't know, like post apocalyptic or steampunk. I don't know what you'd call that, but it it looked interesting. Like, I would be interested in playing this game with a group of people. Well, now we'll get to the major things. So there was a bunch of other stuff. Um, they talked about Guardians of the Galaxy, Rainbow Six. They showed off some game. I can't remember what it was called. But it was that game with the girls who turn into the animals on the, like, oh God. Hawaiian <laughs> island. Looked oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting is the only thing I would say about that game. I think something we missed because we was... I think they showed a new Ghostwire Tokyo trailer. They yes, did. they did. They did show a new Ghostwire Tokyo trailer. It was very brief, though. But it was there. You're right. There, there was a Ghostwire Tokyo trailer. I think that game looks really neat. It does look neat. I agree. That's all I can really speak to it. I don't know if you guys have thoughts. It's not by the same uh, same team as uh, Evil Within, is it? It is. It is? Oh, That's, that's Bethesda's uh, Japanese studio. I forgot their name. But yeah, that game is going to be a PlayStation exclusive still because Microsoft is honoring their uh, Bethesda's pre-existing exclusivity deals with Sony that they had with Deathloop yeah. and Ghostwire Tokyo. And then they also showed some Uncharted ports to PS5 and PC. Cool. Um, but we'll get to the meat. So there's three more games we want to talk about. So the first two are by Insomniac, our favorite developer of Ratchet and & Clank. And they announced two games, two Marvel games. Well, let's talk about the one that was like the obvious one first, and then we'll talk about the other one. But the, the first one, that, which was actually shown second, which is the obvious one, is the full sequel to 2017's was it 2017 2018 2018's 2018's marvel spider-man called marvel spider-man 2 just like like it because it's a follow-up to both miles morales and spider-man you see spidey and like you see peter parker and miles in the trailer um you hear a voiceover of somebody talking about wanting to find a worthy challenger we all think it's craven I think it's not really that debatable that it's Craven. And then the end of the trailer has like another voice say like, I'll be your challenger all like scary. And it's venom. And that's a Spider-Man two, 2023. Any thoughts, impressions? That trailer was very trolly because at the very beginning you see like electricity going around a pole. I'm like, Oh dang, it's a new infamous game. I thought that as well. But then, yeah, then you immediately see Spider-Man's like suit appear I found like the transition between because that followed the new Gran Turismo trailer and like it kind of was like a hard cut off Gran Turismo and it went into that uh, the Spider-Man trailer and like it didn't tease us with Insomniac or, or anything at the beginning because if it said Insomniac obviously it wouldn't be infamous but yeah it just felt like that was intentional for sure yeah it was definitely intentional after like coming after the the, the first reveal uh, yes. that's, uh, uh, so, but yeah, like it's once again, like it's it's coming out in 2023. We didn't really see much. Venom was teased, I believe, in the first game, or the symbiote was teased in the first games. Like honestly, I feel like they may have shown too much, especially because the game is two years away. But honestly, I feel like they could have held on to this announcement probably for another year or so, and then come out and surprise us. But to be fair, like, sure, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but realistically, the next time they're going to have a big showcase, like this is next fall, and what if this game is like an early 2023 game? Don't you think that wouldn't be enough of a cycle? They could announce something else. Like, they, 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 they if they want to, like, they could do what they, what they did with, like, Horizon and, like, have an own, like, dedicated event. I know they didn't announce Horizon 2 at like this their that its own state of play but like they gave the game its own dedicated state of play where they could just say hey we're announcing a new game on this day and we're just blowing it out they could have done something like that or who's to say they don't change the way they do the regular states of plays throughout the year where they could actually have a sizable first party announcement like i don't think it's set in stone like having these september or or fall events I, i just think it's Especially coming off of, you know, they launched the system with Miles Morales. Ratchet and Clank came out a few months ago. Insomniac is cranking games out. I know they're a bigger studio, but like, it just seems that you know, 
maybe they're living up to their like, name. Now we know everything that they're doing. So well, not necessarily. We don't because um, they have three major teams, right? They have the team that worked on Spider-Man One, which is the team that's currently working on Spider-Man Two. They have the team that worked on Miles Morales, which is the team that's currently working on the other game that we'll talk about in a sec. Yeah. And then they have the team that worked on Ratchet and Clank. They're probably an early most likely on on another yeah. Ratchet and Clank. Most likely. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Is and I think maybe the reason that they showed this is because sure, Kotor is a big deal, but Kotor isn't their game, right? Like people are here to see their games. And the thing is, if this game wasn't announced, they wouldn't have really been announcing one of their own games that had a date, that had like a feasible, that was coming out in a feasible amount of time. Because everything that's coming out next year, like all their major ones that we know about, like we already knew about. So they're telling us stuff about it. They showed off some stuff, but they, if they hadn't shown off Spider-Man, if they hadn't announced Spider-Man, I feel like they wouldn't have even been telling us something else. You know, and maybe they wanted that. They wanted to have like a Sony announcement. And I'm sure there's other stuff out there that maybe they're planning to show off next year. Like, who knows what's happening with Uncharted? Who knows what's happening with Last of Us? New IPs. There's a, that rumored Twisted Metal um, reboot yep. that didn't get announced today. Um, so, like, who knows, right? There's also other big exclusives. Like, look, Final Fantasy 16 didn't even get shown. And they said it's not going to be at TGS. So, like they they have some other stuff too, um, that yeah. I'm sure is out there. One question I want to ask you guys is, and this is full spoilers for Marvel Spider-Man for any listeners who have not completed the game, so just be aware. Um, skip ahead maybe five ten minutes if uh, you haven't finished it. But the end of Spider-Man and the end of Miles Morales actually teased Venom. But the thing that's interesting is that the symbiote was not with Eddie Brock, it was with Harry Osborn. Now, do you feel that they're going to make Harry Osborn into Venom in this game? I don't think so. I don't think so, yeah. I don't know. I don't have any sort of evidence to back it, but I feel like they will introduce Eddie Brock somehow. I, I, honestly, I don't like Harry being villain a villain in Spider-Man. I like Harry just being... Like, I don't like much about the Raimi trilogy, but I what I did like was... I know he did become a villain in Spider-Man 3, which is a garbage movie, but the thing I liked is that he is Peter's friend, and there's that like weird dynamic between him, Peter, and, and Norman. But he often would side with Peter. I like that relationship dynamic. I don't think he needs to be a villain, to be honest with you. And like that, it's like, why have... Uh, the, I know, like he's gonna be exactly like his father. Like I, I don't know. I don't like that. I just they could introduce Eddie Brock, and I think it would it would serve the exact same purpose. So like it, it, it it's not that big of a deal. I agree with you. I think it should be Eddie Brock. I want them to in- introduce Eddie Brock. But whether it's Eddie or Harry, and this is something I was talking to one of my friends about. I think that the story and the way that the story functions is going to mirror the first Spider-Man quite a bit because I think Craven and the way that they're building Craven is really going to fill the role of like what Mr. Negative was. He's going to be the strong, like antagonistic presence in the story for the most part. And I think what they can do with whether it's Harry or Eddie Brock's venom is they'll kind of serve a similar role to Octavius. Like he will be a character whether it's Eddie or Harry, that interacts with Peter Parker throughout the story so that when he does become Venom, there's an emotional core to it. Like, that won't happen until, like, the third act. And it's, like, it will build there. Like, I would even love to see in, like, the first act is all focused around Kraven. And then maybe Spider-Man can't fully stop Kraven. And by the end of the act, he gets the symbiote and he has the black suit. And the, the end of the second act is like he defeats Craven, but he was only able to do it with the symbiote. And then the second act can be you play as Miles, and you actually have to to stop Peter because the symbiote's making him black suit mm. Peter crazy. And then eventually he defeats him. The symbiote leaves, and then gets onto Eddie, and Eddie's kind of like the last villain. But I do hope they save Goblin for the third one. Like I don't want them to touch goblin i i think norman needs another full game of development before he goes into goblin 
personally. Do you think he's going to be MIA this game, or do you think they're going to introduce him a little bit and like you see him here and there in cutscene? Well, he was in the first game. Like he had a major role in the first game. I think he'll have a major role in this game too. Like I can see the story playing out where like, like we know Lizard is going to be in the game because he was teased at the end of Miles Morales. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, I told you about this. Oh. At the end, Norman goes into like the room where like he's keeping Harry, and he like turns over and he's like, "Connors, what's his like, what's his life support or whatever?" And he's like, he's the one researching the symbiote. I think what could be cool is if they maybe position the plot as like either the symbiote escapes or like something happens with the symbiote where it leaves and Norman is like desperately trying to get it back so that Harry doesn't die. And maybe Harry dies like by the end of the the game because like Spider-Man like has to make an emotional decision at the end of the story. Like, do I give the symbiote back to Connors and Norman to save Harry or do I do the right thing and, and like destroy this thing or whatever. And he does the right thing, and then Harry dies as a result, and maybe that fuels Norman into his, like, turn into Green Goblin in the next game. Like, I would love to see that kind of, like, sacrifice piece, but... That's hard to say, because I feel like it's a toss-up for what Peter would do in that situation. True. I feel like he would try to save Harry however he can, and just face the consequences later. He might do that, too. I I think we're getting a little bit to, like, too much into like theory crafting about like what like potential stories and stuff like this sounds like like if we go off like what do we want in the next spider-man i based on what we've seen like we saw harry uh, sorry we saw peter and miles fighting together maybe this could easily be like a co-op game i doubt it'd be co-op but yeah i can't see it being co-op but i can see it very much being a game where for parts of it you can swap out but parts of it have dedicated like roles like i can see it being something like that or something like so this is the other thing too is Look at the other game Insomniac was working on, right? Like, Ratchet and Clank was a game where you played as two characters simultaneously, and the way the progression worked is you had agency on who you wanted to play as, but you could only get so far in a certain character's story before you had to get the other play, the other character ahead. So maybe it's going to function like that too, right? Like, you can choose who you want to be, who you want to roam the city, do the, like, regular missions as, but in terms of story, how it works and progresses is you, like, have to be at a certain point to progress with either character. Yeah. Like you have to have Peter at mission three before you can get Miles to his mission four. You know? That's actually one thing I really liked about Rift Apart. I, I feel like the balance between playable characters actually was quite good. And I think it would that would honestly be the perfect approach. That's the best of both worlds for, for Miles fans and for, for Peter Parker fans. So I'm act- I would actually look forward to that if they did that. Because I... Because then at least it gives me the chance. Because like I I like Peter Parker more than Miles Morales, but like it gives me a chance, a a, a nice equal chance to to get to know Miles more and play as him. So it's really good in that way. What would be interesting too is I know like again this is like kind of theory crafting, but just thinking about the places that each of the characters are in, like going into this game, and like when I'm talking about like Peter and the symbiote, like taking control of him like he's reeling off of Aunt May's death like he's gonna be in a dark place miles is also in kind of a dark place at the end of miles morales but he has a little bit more of an optimistic approach and miles i feel has more of a connection to family right now than peter does and maybe like his story is miles like helping peter through his grief in a way either way i'm interested to see what they do i'm interested to see what they do with the city like how they update it um, i'm interested to see which villains come back if, like, Octavius will be back, if Mr. Negative will be back, um, how they continue Yuri's story. There's a lot of cool things I'm interested in. Um, and gameplay-wise, I'm interested to see how they develop, especially with the Iron Spider in the trailer. I think we should move on to the other game that Insomniac announced. So this was surprising as hell, because... And I'll go into this a little bit later, but... Um, it was surprising to see Insomniac and Marvel and then see Wolverine at the end of the trailer. I don't think anybody even anticipated this would be a possibility. And all I can say is I'm super hyped. I'm more hyped for, for that one than I am for Spider-Man 2. I definitely am as well. I hope it's M, though. I des- I very much hope it's M rated. I doubt it will be M, yeah, to, to be honest. Be. The thing with the Wolverine trailer is that we didn't see anything, really. That was the the epitome of a teaser and you didn't know it was wolverine at least i didn't know it was wolverine until the very end i didn't even 
Like that didn't it didn't even come across my mind until the claws came out that I wasn't seeing a Spider-Man game. Well, that's the thing is like when the music started and it was set in that setting, I was like, this can't be Spider-Man, but what else could it be? And it wasn't until I saw like the hairy arms that I was like, oh, and then to start zooming in on his fist. And I was like, yeah, this is Wolverine. Yeah. And then as soon as the claws came out, I was like, holy, but like, even then you question, cause you're like, is it a Wolverine and Spider-Man game? Or is like Wolverine in the next Spider-Man game? There was never like that. Or it could even have been X Men, right? Once you you see the environment, and it's just a lone figure sitting at a bar. The only person I thought it could be was Wolverine. Yeah, I guess it was just so off my radar because I never would have anticipated something like this. You know, it seems really it seemed really out of left field. I'm wondering what kind of game it will be because I'm personally hoping it's less like Spider Man and it's more like something like God of War, where there's a little bit more linearity to it than like Sandbox, mm-hmm. um, and maybe it's a little bit more cinematic. As much as I agree that it being M would be cool, I also don't think Wolverine needs to be M. Like, I don't think they need to make him over the top. Like, but at the same time, maybe you're right. Like, maybe it should be M. Like, I don't know. Dude's gonna really be swearing. Depends on the vibe. He's going to be smoking. He's going to be drinking. He's going to have claws literally slashing through people. I can't see it being a T rated game. <laughs> yeah. I, so, I, just, I also think it's a good counterpoint to having Spider Man be a little bit more kid friendly and then Wolverine being comic hacker and being yeah that's true i think ultimately it depends on the direction that marvel's going with wolverine and the x-men in the mcu because if they want to interpret those characters as more mature then that's what is going to happen but if they're not they might be a little bit more picky with how he's interpreted but either way i'm excited I would I would be really excited if it was like more of like an old west setting, like the whole setting was like you know kind of western. I hope it doesn't focus too much on X Men. Could even be set before. <laughs> no, not necessarily Probably. before. Like they can mention them, but I hope it's not like like in the same way that like Spider Man mentions the Avengers in the larger universe, and I hope he mentions like things and there's like little doodads there. But I hope it's not like like I hope there's not like a ton of X Men involvement. Mm-hmm. You know, like I wouldn't mind if a couple characters show up. Like, okay, Colossus is there, or whatever. Like, fine, he runs into runs into Sabretooth or Beast or whatever. But like, I hope it's not. It doesn't become a full blown X Men game. My two things that I'm thinking about is one: will this be in continuity with Spider Man? Oh, I was going to address that actually. One thing that they did say about Wolverine in the blog afterward is they referred to the game as a standalone game. Now we don't know what that means, but my interpretation of it is I don't see why they would be writing off it getting a sequel. Like, I don't feel like that's the point of them saying standalone. I interpret that as this game is not connected to Spider-Man or is not inherently connected to Spider-Man. Like, mm-hmm. I'm interpreting it as, like, we're not going to say that this is in the Spider-Man universe because there's no intention to cross them over. But, like, I'm sure because it's an Insomniac game, there will be little references here and there. I think I'm of the mind that it will be connected, but, like, it'll be through Easter eggs. It won't be, like, Spider-Man appearing in the game or anything like that. It's going to be, like, how Daredevil was referenced in the Spider-Man game or, like, Black Panther or something like that. It's going to be, like, a super minor thing, right? And that's okay. Like, I'm okay with that because, ultimately, like, as much as a lot of the theory crafters online want to say like oh that means that it's in the connected universe it doesn't necessarily mean that like they can just be references and easter eggs same way that in ratchet and clank the newest one they reference a ton of sony properties within some of the chat logs and that doesn't mean that they're in the same universe that means that there's easter eggs and insomniac does do a lot of that kind of easter egg stuff so i wouldn't be surprised but yeah i think keeping it standalone would be cool what was your other question what do you think is coming out? Once again, like I felt like it was way too early for them to reveal Spider-Man. I also think I'm like, what do they have to stand by showing a game that could be like a 2024 game, just say, right now? So I think it's coming out 2024 because I think if the dev cycle is like if Spider-Man came out 2018 and the next one's coming out five years later, 2023, Miles came out 2019? No, mm-hmm. 2020. But the thing is, Miles Morales was built off of an existing game. Like, they're probably going to be, like, I'm sure, like, the environments and stuff are fine, but, like, character models and the the fighting style or, and gameplay or whatever they have for Wolverine is going to be completely different in the way Spider-Man was. So, I mean, it depends. I, like, I don't know. But I I think the reason for it 
is because I don't I don't think they revealed it. I think one was a power play, and I'll get to this in a sec. I actually have a theory, and I want to tell you about it. But I think part of this presentation was to say, look what we got that other people can't have. And I think the other part, too, is just in terms of Marvel, like Marvel's really hot right now. And like we're still reeling off of Endgame, like the MCU's picking up fire again, like maybe revealing, like who knows, like how people's like attachment to Marvel is going to be in like a year or two years from now. So maybe this was the best time to do to reveal it to get that initial hype especially w- before he comes to the mcu because if they if they um interpret him like very different in the mcu like kevin feige is saying that the x-men are going to be very different when they come to the a- mcu like maybe then people are going to want the interpretation in this game to be closer to the mcu's version whereas maybe as insomniac has shown they're more they're not really interested on in emulating the mcu they they want to emulate the comics yeah. So, but I have a theory for you guys. All right. And I'll tell you exactly how, and it's funny that all this happened. So last night I was talking to one of my friends and we were talking about the most recent episode of Marvel's What If. Now I'm not going to spoil it for Riley because he hasn't watched it, but I will tell you one thing, Riley. In the episode, it was the first episode that Spider-Man appears in. He mentions his Uncle Ben, which is the first time ever in the MCU Uncle Ben has been mentioned. So... That was a big deal. Me and my friends are talking about it, and he's like, I'm so happy they mentioned Uncle Ben. Like, I feel like the MCU's interpretation of Spider-Man has been so so dramatically different. Like, I wish it was more tied to his actual origin story. And I was saying to him, well, I feel like these three movies were kind of not really personal Spider-Man stories. They were about his attachment to the Avengers. And I could see after Spider-Man No Way Home, his future movies where he's kind of coming into his own, maybe they explore that backstory with Uncle Ben then. And he's like, there won't be another Spider-Man movie. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, Sony budged for that one movie and they're not going to budge for any more. There's no reason for them to do it. And I was like, no, I think they renegotiated. I think they're going to. He's like, no, I guarantee you. Then today happened and I messaged him and I'm like, I bet you all of this was part of that negotiation. When Spider-Man dropped from the MCU, I bet you all of this was planned then. I bet you Disney and Sony struck a deal. Disney said to them, listen, Sony, your major moneymaker is your video game division. We know you care about your video games. We'll let you use Marvel properties. We'll let you use Star Wars properties. But you got to give us Spider-Man for the MCU. And you got to attach your Sony universe to ours. Because Kevin Feige's even talking about Venom coming in from the Sony movies, and I bet you this was all one big deal. It was Marvel and Disney saying, we'll give you access to video game rights, you give us access to film rights, because our films are more important than our video games, and your video games are more important than your films. That's my theory. That's a 4D chess stuff right there. That is my theory, is that all of this was planned then. Because why else would Marvel give Sony, like... Like it made sense for them to have Spider-Man, but why should they have Wolverine? Why should they have Knights of the Old Republic timed exclusive? It doesn't make any sense. The only thing that makes sense is that Disney let them do it for a reason. Disney wanted their Spider-Man. Disney wanted their leading man for their next 10 years of films that is make that is a cash cow for them. And they said, we're not even making Let's games. Let's get back to the, the stuff that we know was announced. Let's get back to the stuff we know was announced. Not It know, makes sense. As, it makes as, sense. As, as fun as it is, yeah, it, it does make But it, that's the best part of the podcast, Gino, was the speculating. I don't want to just talk about what happened. We've got to talk about the, the internal stuff, man. I, I feel like if we don't move along, we, we could sit and talk about this for hours. <laughs> I feel like we could. We got another really big topic to talk about. Ragnarok, huh? Um, what do you guys think of God of War? I I thought that was great. We're we're gonna get awkward teenage uh, Atreus. <laughs> it's gonna be funny. Like I'm excited it's coming. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't too like super impressed by what I saw, and not because I'm not thinking it won't be a good game, but because I seeing it like I feel like I don't know that much more than I knew a year ago. I I believe I'm the one that's played the game most recently, and. I kind of was afraid to say what I was about to, what I'm going to say now, but because you kind of said you're, like Jules, you said you're a little 
not like disappointed or, or whatever. You just like, like you weren't that impressed with what you saw. For me, I have a very similar opinion because like, I where's the leap? I know God of War is like a very story driven game, but like gameplay wise, it's, it seems like it's just more it's more of the same. That's what I was, and that's exactly what it was for me too. Is it's like I know it won't be like I know there's features in that game that are different, but my the reason I think I was like not disappointed but underwhelmed was I was like why didn't they show anything that's different like why didn't they show like a new weapon type like it seemed very focused on giving us a very vague idea of the story Mm -hmm. and a title because they didn't even reaffirm the date they didn't even say 2022 or like spring 2022 or fall 2022 like for all we know this game is delayed to 2023 we they didn't really say anything and that got me worried too so i was a little nervous as well where i was like like, I'm glad we got more about the story, but, like, we already kind of knew Thor was going to be the villain. We already knew Ragnarok was going to be an important part of the story, considering last year's teaser. And we already knew Freya was going to have a role. Like, it's nice to see all those familiar faces. It's, like, nice to see Mimir. It's nice to see Kratos and Atreus. But I, I felt that way, too. It's, like, I'm excited for this game, but that's why I was underwhelmed, because it's almost like I just wanted a crumb, and I feel like they didn't even give us a crumb. Yeah, I feel like they gave us a picture of the crumb. But you were saying about the release date. I feel like they're being very conservative with that because of I. Th- I'm attributing it at least to how like Horizon Forbidden West went, where like they gave a release window and they didn't meet the window, and like then there wasn't like there was a long time where we didn't know anything, and then the state of play happened, and they didn't have the release date there there was a lot of confusion and and speculation with that and i think just to play it safe like if they still think there's a chance that this game might not hit their internal date then don't give a date don't give a window so it's just a way for them to cover their bases and i think that is probably the best decision i think but still under promise overperform. Exactly. And maybe it's just not the marketing cycle yet. Like, maybe they're just looking at it. Yeah, like, and from what we saw, that game looks like, I don't know, like, once again, I don't know anything about game development, but it looks pretty close to, like, like being done. Like, it, it I'm sure they, they have a lot of stuff, to work to do on it still, but, like, that was, a, it looked like a com- very complete trailer. And yes, it's the type of thing where, like, I would probably, it's, I think it's still going to come out next year. That'll be their big, their big 2022 game. It definitely seems like they held back and every possible thing that they could have, they could have done. So, um, but that's the thing. It's like again, like I feel like they held back in some ways, and other ways, I feel like they gave us too much. Because I don't know how you guys felt about this, but when they were talking about how Tear was still alive, I was like, I kind of wish they didn't say that. I kind of wish that this was just, even if it happens early on. Like, I almost just wish that was something we got to find out our own through the game. Um, and yeah, I'm sure there's so many surprises. It wasn't that big of a part of the trailer, so, like, it's something, yeah, that, that was something they definitely could have held back on. Either way, what's interesting is twice they mentioned this in the interviews that followed the presentation, and it was unclear what they meant, but they referred twice to... Ragnarok leading into the conclusion of the Norse saga. But the way they worded it the first time was a little bit more interpretive, like almost like maybe they're talking about like this game leads into the next game. But the second time they mentioned it, they made it sound like this game is the conclusion of the Norse saga, that they're only doing two Norse games. And so I'm really interested in in that. Like is this game like the end of this story? Is it a two-parter and that's it? Um, and how do you guys feel about that? Because to me, I wanted a trilogy. To me, and what they've set up at least, like, I don't know, I think Odin needs a full game as the villain. Like, I think give Thor his day and set up Odin for a third game. So for this one here with God of War, I feel like, yes, it can still be the end of the like the Norse, the Norse stuff, right? Because, okay, we've, like, we know Ragnarok is coming and everything, right? But I think they might do a little bit of time manipulation for this, for this one here, because first game we have Atreus as a little kid. Second game, he's now in this weird adolescent teenage phase, and in the in a potential future game, he could be coming back as an adult. And 
spoiler alert if you haven't played god of war yet please do it is it is quite fun it does borrow a lot of uh, norse mythology and everything but one active thing that was completely missing out of the first game was loki like there was no mention of loki being a trickster god doing going around doing loki things in the first game and then at the end of the first game you find out that atreus is loki in this game here he's trying to figure out who loki is and what does that mean for him being loki as a character and we all know loki as a trickster god and someone who goes and forwards the plot of a lot of the Norse stories and everything, but even in the actual Norse mythology itself, like I'm not, I'm not an expert on it and I'm not trying to claim to be or anything, but from what limited experience I have with it is that you have the Aesir gods, which is like Thor, Odin, uh, Tyr, and you also have the Vanir gods, which are the, the nature gods. So you have like the war gods in Asgard, you have the nature gods in, in, in Freya, and and things like that but you also have loki as this third faction no one knows where he came from he was just like poof there and i feel like that would be a great story for potentially a third game at least for this because okay ragnarok would be the end of the traditional norse stuff and then loki being loki finds a way to go back in time is the father of jormungandr is the is uh the father of odin's horse and a bunch of other like of the uh, like of the the myth like the the magical creatures and stuff like that's why Jormungandr the snake could actually talk to Atreus right because Atreus knows that that ancient language and also there was some kind of kinship between the two of them because the snake is Loki's son. It could be okay. You might be playing as Loki for the third game, going back through the events of the first game, twisting events and manipulating things behind the scene. I don't know. Could be cool. You think Loki would be the main character of the? The third game, we play. I think I think they might kill Kratos in this game. Hmm. Interesting, because like it, because they were building a they were, they were building Atreus kind of in the first game, and now that he's going to be awkward teenage Atreus in this game here, learning he's going on this journey of who am I, and this like from what we've seen in the trailer, like he was asking that question, and it looks like Atreus might play more of a pivotal, like more he might do more things than just be your your ranged attack. I agree with the time travel thing. Like, I think time travel has to play a big element because Jormungandr in the first game recognizes Atreus, right? Like, he knows. And, like, the story of the World Serpent is that he goes back, right? Once I found out Atreus was Loki, I've had this idea of where again... Like, I think there should be a third game. I think there needs to be a third game. And I think what I want that third game to be is, again, like, time travel would play a big element, but I don't think the characters will time travel. I think the idea of the time travel will be presented because I think, in my opinion, so like there's that prophecy, right, that Kratos is going to die. I think that happens. So I think what happened was, you know, Kratos had Atreus. He raised him. That prophecy came true and Kratos died. Atreus vengefully as loki crafted this idea to get back at the norse gods for killing his father and went back in time i think when odin is eventually introduced as the the big bad it's not odin it's loki loki's been impersonating odin this whole time the loki from the future to manipulate kratos into killing all of the norse gods and I think that the emotional core of this story is going to be that Kratos has to kill his own son at the end of the game. He has to kill Loki. Not his Atreus, but like who Atreus becomes. But I think maybe, I, I don't think Kratos will die in this game. I think Atreus will die in this game to make that emotional core even stronger if they were to play up that idea of like Loki being the final big bad. That's my take. But either way, Atreus is important to this story, and whether he supersedes Kratos or whether he doesn't will be interesting. And again, like also, I find it's kind of weird that like tears showed up out of nowhere. Yeah, because like I thought he was dead. Like all of the like all and all of like the lore bits from stuff from the first game, I thought like Tear would be like long gone, and we're gonna follow Tear's journey through his story, like through those ancient drawings or something, we would be following Tyr's adventures and then that would lead into, okay, now we're going to go to Egypt or now we're going to go to like the Mayan gods and things like that. 
Well, that's a good segue into the question I was going to ask you. Whether this is the end of the Norse saga or whether this ends the Norse saga, they are clearly referencing the end of the Norse saga. And they're not saying the end of God of War. So what comes next? What comes after Norse? I want Egyptian, and I know the original plan was Egyptian, but like, is that next? You'd have to go back in time. And that could also lead into the whole time travel narrative again, where, or like, for instance, Jormungandr has some kind of like time travel mechanics and stuff going on based on the the literature. And then Kratos, uh, they might go back in time too far and then en- end up in ancient Egypt somewhere. And then he has to wait out his life and maybe he becomes Ares or something. It's weird how like Kratos, like almost to like at the end of like the, f- the original trilogy became the thing that he hated. And now he's kind of like trying to atone for that by being like, a dad, but he can't even do that. Well, I mean, Kratos was a dad before. Yeah, it's true. It was a dad. And he had to kill, it, and he accidentally killed his kid. And going based on what Giuliano said, he'd be purposely killing his kid. Yeah, that's what I think is the his arc. Right? Is he's trying to be what he's not, but ultimately fate is saying you have to be what you're trying to hide in order to save your son because this isn't your son. And yeah. especially if Loki, future Loki, kills current Atreides, Atreus, it would be interesting. Or if he tries to manipulate Atreus. Like, what if it's that? What if he tries to manipulate Atreus? So, definitely be interesting. And, like, back with, like, the gameplay and all that stuff that we saw, it did kind of look like it was still on PS4, like, just based on what we saw there. Like, from the same gameplay perspective, okay, you have your axe, you have your chaos, uh, your blades of chaos, you have the shield. I wonder if they're going to bring back another classic item, like the Fist of Zeus. I Well, I would be a betting man that Mjolnir is going to be one of the weapons you get in the game. That would also make Kratos worthy. I don't does that exist in actual Norse mythology? I don't know. I was just having a little I don't, fun with it. No, but I'm I'm actually curious. Like I don't know if you guys know, but is that an actual thing in Norse mythology? Pretty sure it's not because I'm pretty sure only Thor can wield Mjolnir. Like it was made for Thor. Yeah. But can only he wield it? Giancarlo would have been the guy to ask this question. True. Giancarlo would be the one to ask this. The only other person who, well, not the only other person, but Spartans can use, use Mjolnir. Yep. <laughs> the armor. Yeah. Either way, I think had Sony dropped this conference in E3, in my opinion, they would have won. There was a lot of good stuff here. I feel like they might not have shown off absolutely everything if this was at e3 like for instance they probably would have like they may have kept wolverine more of a like more of a well i mean if this was because this was their e3 equivalent i'm saying had they released this at e3 i i think they would won yeah they probably they probably would have right like we said nintendo was the winner of e3 but they won with b-tier type franchises and Albeit sony very here hype announcements yeah obviously like you can't compare metroid to god of war you can't compare advanced wars to spider-man these are their biggest franchises so it's obvious that these these announcements would have gotten more buzz yeah and with the major and i think the major things being the kotor and the wolverine of it all which is Again, like the added layer of like, we not only have exclusives, but we've also taken things from others. Like these, like a Star Wars and a Marvel game that aren't Spider-Man. Like, why should that be a Sony exclusive? Well, yeah, it is. Well, time. It, it continues the narrative of so- that Sony's been trying to like do recently with like, okay, Microsoft for a lot of their stuff, they're going more, hey, we're giving value in terms for like Game Pass and things like that, right? While Sony's all like, well we have the blockbuster kind of things like, Hey, those big ticket flashy IPs and stuff. Hey, you know, you love Marvel from the movies. Well, we have Marvel in the form of video games. Hey, you love star Wars because of this, that, and the other thing. Well, we got that big exclusive experience here. Sony's definitely going like this major kind of like blockbuster, triple a done right. Kind of, kind of appeal going for them. And they're, they're playing it very well. That's ultimately, I think that's what the Xbox versus PlayStation this gen is all boils down to Xbox saying we have Game Pass and PlayStation saying we have games. And that's that's the argument, because like obviously Game Pass is a, a great deal. And like I highly recommend Game Pass to anybody who has an Xbox or a PC. Um, but ultimately, the amount of new games that go on to Game Pass are smaller because Microsoft seems less invested in... Although, 
they've gotten Bethesda. I think by the end of this generation, Microsoft's going to have a steady flow of um, exclusives. But right now, they're definitely building it. Whereas, yeah. you know, that was more like a sleeping dragon kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas that's what Sony was doing the last like two generations as they were kind of building. And now they're at the point where they have so many that they can easily pump out a different IP, like a different major IP every year because they actually have like, you can name at least 10 or 12 big Sony franchises if they choose to continue them. Some of them, they won't continue. Like we might never get another infamous. We might never get another Jack and Daxter. Um, but if they oh, were, no. but like, that's the thing is like, if they wanted to, they could. I'd like another Sly Cooper. They tried another Sly Cooper. It didn't work out well. More pad upon. Heck yeah, more pad upon. But I guess that's, uh, that's kind of the Sony conference. Yeah. What, so, what were you surprised wasn't here? I'm kind of surprised that this, like the rumored Last of Us remake. The re-remake uh, or the re-definitive re- edition remake? I'm just surprised that wasn't here because like... Well, it hasn't been in development for very long. I know, but Wolverine hasn't, right? So Yeah, but but I think very different things, right? Like there's there's an appeal to... And plus, like Last of Us on HBO isn't premiering until next year. So like that's the time to announce it, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, look what's really hot right now. Like... We're also remaking it. But, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I kind of went... I would have been surprised had I already not thought Final Fantasy Sixteen wasn't going to be there. But I was, like... I had thought for sure it was going to be here. But then I read some interviews with the director who was essentially saying, like, it's probably not going to make it to TGS because we're not ready to show it. We don't want to show it till like, we're really close to release. So the fact that he was saying, don't expect it at TGS made me think, like, why would it be here? And then the one thing that I was, like, surprised about was Crash. Because there's a Crash game coming, we for think. sure. I mean, at this point, it's pretty... I think it's a fairly fair bet with how much Activision and Toys for Bob are kind of hinting at it. And with the same kind of cycle of every other Crash game that got announced, like random insiders got like boxes of crash stuff to their house that was like leading up to a crash announcement and the same thing's happening so i think a lot of people were expecting it to be announced in a sony thing because it was like what a coincidence sony has a presentation like the day before crash's 25th anniversary and crash historically is very tied to sony and the insane trilogy was was shown off in a sony e3 so like i think some people were feeling like i was even thinking crash could show up but i'm surprised we didn't see like spider-man like the the new playable spider-man character for the marvel avengers game like while they i was expecting to see that in the montage well they showed that the they talked about that avengers had a war table i think two or three days ago and they they talked about that and they said straight up in the war table we are not showing off spider-man in the upcoming sony presentation there will be no avengers so i think okay I didn't, I didn't yeah. catch that. Yeah, but they did They did reiterate that he is coming to Sony exclusive platforms this fall. Maybe Wolverine will too. Maybe Wolverine's going to be a Sony exclusive for Avengers oh, as well. Oh gosh, that game... Just well, who cares that, more, about that game neck. at this point? Yeah. <laughs> it's been almost a year now. That, that game still is not in a state where it, it should be released. Like, that, that game could have used another year and a half easily, but... That's a discussion for another day. So I guess that kind of caps episode 31. Forward, we have a few things coming up um, soon. We have a couple new series that we actually want to premiere alongside our Nintendo or our system essentials, um, which we will be continuing. Um, we in 3DS and beyond will be on the horizon following our GameCube one last week. And, you know, we have other things coming up too, like Metroid Dreads coming up and october so i'm sure we're gonna have some metroid stuff going on pokemon's coming out at the end of the year i'm sure you're gonna hear some more pokemon stuff as well as like mario party like there's dc fandoms coming in october um so there's we'll have a lot of steady content in the next couple months um a big variety between our established series as well as our regular episodes as well as tie-ins to a lot of stuff that's coming so look forward to all that yeah, keep your eyes peeled on YouTube for also some exclusive Let's Play content. I got some uh, some more stuff planned with Minecraft. Adriano and Sarah and I are going to keep going with that. Lots lots of cool exclusive stuff for YouTube if you're listening to us on Spotify yep. or uh, any of the podcast services. We do have exclusive stuff over there at YouTube. Yep. So don't forget, 
if you're watching on YouTube, listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, leave a comment if you're interested. If you're on Spotify, you know, give us a follow, give us a listen. Apple Music, Google Podcast, whatever the equivalent of those things are, you know, give us a follow or a like or a review or whatever you got to do. Um, and again, if you are a Geno fan, your days are numbered. The Nintendo Direct is rumored very soon. We look forward to your crushing defeat. <laughs> it never gets old. It doesn't. <laughs> it will be a sad day when Gino's not announced for Smash just because we no longer will be able to pick on Gino fans. Yep. Yep. We'll have to, we'll have to, we'll probably have to write an, an official, an official spiel to put at the end of the podcast to, to replace the, the Gino uh, tradition that we've started to build. So yeah, we'll have to find a new Gino. Anyway, that's it from us here today, folks. Thanks for listening and good night. See ya. See ya. Very well.